if you had a touchdown victory dance, what would it be? I would definitely be doing any dance through gritted teeth, being like, um, <laughs> and I feel like then uh, to carbon offset the aggression that I would be feeling about how proud I was of my performance, I'd probably do like a little shimmy. everybody and welcome back to the human element Kara's podcast on how to inject humanity into modern marketing this is chelsea country i'm filling in for robert this week but don't worry he'll be back next week uh, i'm joined today by andy schneider senior brand strategy lead at reddit and our very own jerry medici supervisor strategy did i get that right uh, as well as my co-host for this episode uh, sarah stringer svp head of innovation at Kara as well Today, we have a special edition of the podcast. We're going to be talking about marketing's biggest day, the Super Bowl. Uh, so let's just start off with a game question. How was the halftime show? Yay or nay? Can I um, admit the fact that I suffered through the first half of the game? And quite honestly, as you can tell from my accent, I'm British. I also don't care about sport, even when I am at home. And then I was watching the CBS All Access app on my um, smart TV and I suffered through the first half of the game with a million glitches and it like just like buffering really badly. And the only reason I was watching it was to watch the halftime show. And then whatever happened, the glitches were so bad. I missed the entire halftime show. Uh, no. well, and then it was like, much. and I had to try and find yeah, it on YouTube. I was about to say that. I was like, yeah. you don't miss that much. No. no. And then when we watched it on YouTube, it was thoroughly disappointing. So, yeah. And then yeah. I decided to not watch the rest of the game. Adam Levine was sort of like a boomerang. <laughs> kept trying to get rid of him. He would just kept keep showing up. <laughs> Didn't want to leave the stage. Yeah, he didn't want to leave. Travis Scott sort of got the, the short end of the stick. But uh, yeah, sort of just generally underwhelming. Yeah. I think a big part of it, too, is the fact that you saw um, some of the bigger celebrities that got asked to do it kind of bail out of it. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, like the Kaepernick effect and kind of the influence that he's had. Yeah. I think Cardi B would have made a little bit more sense with uh, yeah. Travis Scott's performance. She got a ton sure. of backfire yeah. for that, Rihanna though, for being potential. on the Pepsi. Yeah, she did. Yeah. Which was interesting. All right, well, let's jump in. Andy, tell us a little bit about your role at Reddit sure. and what that actually I'd means right to. now. Yeah, so yeah. I'm a brand strategist at Reddit, which essentially means I'm connecting brands to their audiences in the most meaningful ways possible. You know, we say that everybody has a home on Reddit, and we believe that's true for brands, too. So whether it's, you know, guiding creative strategies, targeting strategies, garnering audience insights to help us speak authentically to, to the users on the platform, it's, it's ultimately about creating the best experience for both our brands and ultimately our users. How scary do you think it is for brands to be on Reddit? I always feel like Reddit community, I love it because it's so honest, but I think for brands that can also be a bit scary. I get that question all the time, and I'm so glad you asked it. <laughs> it's funny, I've been a Reddit user for about a decade, so I totally hear where you're coming from. I think humans don't like being spoken at or advertised at. And on Reddit, like I said, everybody has their home. So an advertiser really has this opportunity to talk to a consumer as if you're hanging out in their living room. So if you go about it the wrong way, you're copying and pasting assets from all over the place and you just come off totally tone deaf, Reddit's going to let you know. If you go about it from the other end of the spectrum and just lean in, show some intent, Redditors see that, they appreciate that, they play along. Um, and in my opinion, it's one of the least scary places to advertise these days. So let's talk about some of the research for Super Bowl, right? So sure. what was some of the research from Kara that we found? What is some of the research that you've recently seen on Reddit right now? trending, even if it still is right now, because it's only been three days out. So Yeah. You know, obviously, the entire country tunes into the Super Bowl. Uh, that's not, you know, abnormal. Um, but on Reddit, what is really interesting to see is how each community sort of 
engages with, talks about, and sort of has fun with whatever tentpole that is. Each community, each subreddit sort of functions as a lens in which those users experience that tentpole. So, you know, we saw things like r slash cooking, right? The cooking community. They're talking about what halftime snacks are you serving? What are your best Super Bowl game day recipes? Popheads, the r slash popheads subreddit. They're really amped up about the halftime show. They're excited to see Adam Levine. They're one of the few who are. Um, and then you know, and then you have uh, r slash advertising, who I'm sure you know we all might want to check out. They're only here for the commercials. So, you know, at the end of the day, the 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 strongest insights that you garner from Reddit surrounding any tentpole or or any any movement or event is just the different lenses and and personalized ways that users are experiencing X event. Yeah, was there anything shocking that came up when you were looking at some of the Reddit conversation in the Super Bowl? Uh, nothing too shocking. I mean, this year, it's it's really fun to see it happen in real time. I think the uh, my personal favorite uh, like sort of insight that I found was that the r slash conspiracy community was very skeptical about how many uh, little robots were woven throughout all the ads. I think hmm, they were I trying that to too. yeah, they were trying to tell us something. I, I'm not sure what it was, but uh, that was okay. that was probably the funniest thing I found. Yeah, anything from Karazen. Well, one piece towards Reddit that I think is funny, too, is uh, seeing the over... I'm sure you guys experience it a lot, but during the Super Bowl, seeing the rise in people accidentally going to Superb Owl. Yes. Yes, Superb Owl is one of Reddit's <laughs> best-kept, uh, not so much a secret anymore. Definitely not, now yeah, that it's going to be no, on the pod. <laughs> it'll throw you off. So essentially, when you go search a subreddit, and I'm sorry if I'm kind of Mm-mm. taking a roar right here. So you search Super Bowl, one word, or slash... Super Super Bowl. It actually takes you to a thread that's filled with pictures of really good-looking owls. Superb owls. <laughs> yeah. So it it sort of started uh, five or six years ago um, around a joke that you know all these advertisers want to get in on the Super Bowl. Everyone wants to talk about the Super Bowl, but you can't say Super Bowl. Um, so redditors picked up on that little nuance where oh, we put the space after the B, or yeah, and now it's superb owl. Um, so it's been a growing community. I think it's something like 26% year-over-year growth. Um, and the amount of traffic that that community gets on the day of the Super Bowl, like you said, is just hilarious. Um, and interestingly enough, um, which I was, I'll talk to you later on, but you know, we worked with NetGeo to, you know, to do something a little bit bespoke for Reddit, something a little bit more leaned in with some high intent levels. And they did a Superb Owl halftime show where they hung out in r slash Superb Owl, also known as r slash Super Bowl. Um, and they just had like a live stream of, of beautiful owls just flying around. That's just, amazing. Yeah, that would have been a lot more entertaining. Yeah, watching yeah. the entire game for me. I'm sure a lot of Redditors <laughs> turned off the halftime show and went right to Superb Owl yeah, to yeah, check seriously. out those beautiful birds. You know? yeah. We have a crazy stat here as well that apparently during last year's game, um, Tinder saw an 85% increase in swipes during the commercial wow. break. So people are obviously planning on getting out there, I guess, after the game, maybe, or yeah. doing their own gaming during that. I mean, personally, I've found the commercials were the most entertaining part of it, but yeah. some more than others, obviously. Huh. Yes. Well, this actually ties in great. So, like, when and why should brands invest in Super Bowl spots? Like, when is that moment? I mean, look, it's a tough one. I think that it's a lot of money um, mm-hmm. to advertise. Well, I think it's somewhere between, what, five and six million per yeah. spot. and growing every year. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, and I think that, and it's interesting because you see viewership of the Super Bowl is actually on the decline. So, you know, it's it's essentially a cultural moment. It's not necessarily around the reach that you're going to get specifically from that, like, TV moment, but it's the fact that you get to put Super Bowl and whatever, you know, what are we on, Super Bowl, how many now? 
53, I think. Yeah, like you get to put that on your YouTube channel and then that essentially helps drive people to looking at your video and so forth. So I think it's it's really a it's a buzz moment for like an appointment to view commercial and it's I think in my view a a moment where a brand is gonna come out and say something. Like Mm -hmm. what do they stand for? This is their like line in the sand for the year. What is the thing that they're like really focused on? So, you know, Budweiser coming out about talking about how they're using solar panel uh, solar power. No, wind power, in fact, um, in their brewing. And the fact that we have that incredible advert from Microsoft around inclusion. And I think that it's a really great way of starting a topic of conversation around things that brands are heavily invested in. Now, arguably, whether or not brands are actually then keeping up with that through the whole year or they're just using the Super Bowl as a moment to highlight that, to have something like a talk track to make them feel good. You know, I think we've seen a couple of car commercials in previous years get that very wrong. Um, But I think that it's, there's still, I think, a level of worthiness to um, advertising in the Super Bowl. I think it's just about, you know, great Spider-Man quote, with great power comes great responsibility. Like, what are you going to say and how are you going to use it for the better? I I think there there are a lot of brands that kind of, um, they put a lot of work into the Super Bowl ads that they go forward with. And they kind of put their pens down after that and see what happens when you see a lot of the better brands really kind of, that's where it starts. You make your message and then you follow it up and you make sure that you're kind of saying what you, or doing what you mean and what what you've said. Yeah, we actually talked about this a little while ago, Jeremy and I, about the Bud Light commercial when he dies from the Game of Thrones. Bud Knight, no more. And it's like, what's going to happen now? Like, are they going to... Keep on with that? that Were they killing the Bud Knight? If if they bring the Bud Knight back, there's a problem. Because that was at least in the the NFL mega thread. You know, we obviously index really high against Game of Thrones fans and entertainment fans, Bud Light drinkers. And the general sentiment was like, did they just kill the Bud Knight? Did that just happen? I'm waiting for like the afterlife version of it or something. Yeah, the Bud Knight ghost. Did you get a John Snow him and like be like, oh no, actually he's back to life. We could do whatever we want. (laughs) That'll piss people off. It would be very upsetting. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that was really cool to see because Bud Light has kind of had that imitation Game of Thrones ad campaign going on for quite some time now. So it was kind of a shock to see some legitimate Game of Thrones characters come in. and yeah. I mean, just the CGI for the dragon alone yeah. is probably You were like, this overall. is HBO like, doing something Okay, here. yeah, you HBO knew. touched this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it was like pure George R. R. Martin fashion to kill off the beloved fan. Yeah. Um, so it is interesting to see if they continue with that. Maybe there's a new storyline to it going up into, uh, I guess, what, April, mid-April when it yeah. launches. Yeah, but to your point, like putting the pen down is, is not the way to go, right? Yeah. You, ha- you have this massive opportunity, probably the only opportunity where the whole country is excited to watch commercials, right? It's probably the only day. So if you're not going to back it up or and walk that walk, then it just sort of falls flat. So we'll see how that yeah. goes. Yeah. I mean, I think they definitely won with Game of Thrones people or consumers, oh. but they also lost with corn farmers. Did we see that before? Yeah. yeah corn farmers that. were pissed. Yeah, they were like, hey, man, <laughs> we're just farming corn here. What's <laughs> your, why you got to get at us? Come so on. much hate. <laughs> I mean, well, let's keep on that train. Like, let's talk winners and losers here. Mm. Who was the big winner in Super Bowl this year? And who was a loser, I guess? I, I think there were a few winners. So mm-hmm. when I first got done with the Super Bowl, I thought to myself, oh, the ads weren't that great this year. But the more I dug into them and looked at it, there were a lot of things that were trending in the right direction, um, one of them being Bumble. So I, there was a stat last year that was like one out of every four commercials has a female protagonist in it. Um, and they were completely underrepresented when there was a study that showed that the females watching the Super Bowl are actually 26 more percent 
engaged with the commercials and like wanted to see ads. So I think Bumble did a good job of not only using Serena, like such a powerful figure, um, to kind of match with their brand and what they're about. But they also, I looked into it a little further, yeah, the creative agency they used and the team that they built was predominantly female. And that's something that they're going to be carrying into the rest of the year. That's just like the starting point for them. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. That's my, I guess, like number one winner. Yeah. Um, yeah. But there are a few more. So. Yeah, no, the Bumble commercial was definitely in my top five, especially, you know, it definitely ties back to their product, right, where the female has to initiate and, and so on. Other winners that I sort of noticed, I love the Microsoft commercial. You saw the PC gaming community on Reddit eating that up. They love championing Microsoft for all the work they do with accessibility. I particularly loved the Burger King commercial. I think it was understated, simple. I'm a huge fan of less is more. Um, and I think, you know, it might be the, the art major in me, but knowing Andy Warhol's roots in advertising, I think it was sort of exactly the kind of meta commentary on commercialism that made Andy Warhol famous from the get-go. So I think he would have loved it. And, and I know I personally did. And, you know, adjacent to all of the loudest voices that you see throughout the commercial breaks, Burger King really stood out for me in that sense. And I think it got people clicking and reading after the fact, which, you know, sort of helps add fuel to that fire. I, I mean, I hands down Microsoft won for me. And I think, again, to an earlier point that was made, it's around the fact that they, they're doing this anyway. They're not doing it for the Super Bowl. They This was actually based on a conversation they had actually um, towards the holiday time to uh, talk about their accessibility. Like, oh, my God, what am I? I love how controller. I'm moving my thumbs here, but this is <laughs> controller. Yeah, yeah, controller. There you go. Um, I actually, even though I know Cardi B got some backlash, I actually loved the insight around Pepsi. I just thought it was so great for them to just own the fact that people, particularly in restaurants, are like, oh, is it okay that you can have a Pepsi? And I was just like, them owning that and recognizing that I thought was really positive. And obviously, they needed to have an honest comeback after obviously some of the issues that they faced with the Kendall Jenner commercial and obviously having no sense of self. Um, so I think having a very self-deprecating angle in, I think it was really good for me. So yeah, I thought it was pretty good. What did you guys think of the Pepsi ad? I'm so I got coined last week in a pod recording that I'm the pop culture expert. So uh, mm. I loved it uh, from a pop culture yeah, definitely some point recognizable of view. Faces in but there. I also am like I didn't want to admit that to like Robert, for instance. We were texting back and forth and like which ads were the best, and I just like had a really hard time like texting like I really like this ad because I knew he'd be instantly be like why? Yeah. I was like oh I have horrible taste. <laughs> Celebs. Do I have wow. horrible taste? <laughs> I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was clever. I did. I I liked the play of okay. And the whole thing put together was great. And the casting, like Steve Carell, I mean, can't really go The most charming man in the universe, right? If you're going to, you know, sway some 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 opinions. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Channeled his inner Michael Scott. He did. He's like, I need a catchphrase. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, that's what's so funny. I was like, you do. (laughs) I, I will say, I have to say that, you know, my personal opinion, I feel like anytime your creative platform starts with consumers ordering your competitor, sort of muddies the overall message for me. I definitely see what they were trying to do, and I'm all about being self-aware and just, like, leading with that. But I don't know. And then little John becoming the Dave Chappelle, like, caricature of himself. I was like, this is too much. But, but you know, I can appreciate the the intent levels there for sure. I had one more winner. Okay. Um, Let's hear it. I really liked the Michelob Ultra two commercials they had. So the, oh, the first ASMR one with one? the... Uh, the first one was with a like a robot running around the city and kind of like living that life to be like the perfect human and right, like skipping yeah. out on beers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it ended with something along the lines of like, it's only worth it if you can enjoy it. Yeah. Like it was like, 
I, as somebody who lives in the city and you, you're continuously like working, working out, doing all this, and you get into these like these ruts of just doing something over and over, and you have to. It was like a nice little nod of like, you know, step back and like and, and enjoy yourself. And then the second piece, which I guess wasn't related, but the ASMR piece that you just mentioned, um, <laughs> it freaked me out. It, yeah, it, I think it freaked a lot of people out. I think there were a lot of really uncomfortable. 17-year-olds explaining to their parents <laughs> what ASMR was. Um, uh, yeah, but they, they were definitely trying to, to get people talking, and I think it worked. Yeah, I mean, bringing, like, a fringe cultural uh, movement towards, like, into the Super Bowl, and the sentiment in the room after was like, I don't know, but I think I want a Michelob Ultra <laughs> now. So it worked. It seemed to work. It worked. It left everyone confused and wanting Michelob Ultra. <laughs> so, should we jump to losers? Sure. Yeah, well, you guys know how I feel about Pepsi. I've already, I've already <laughs> yeah, aired you, that. Yeah, already that. <laughs> yeah um, other loser. Yeah, I don't think anybody really embarrassed themselves too badly. I just having been on Reddit during the Super Bowl, I know that a lot of people were rubbed the wrong way with Verizon's message. Just including first responders is great. Um, however, from a timing standpoint, a few weeks after throttling. California firefighters' data during the wildfires didn't go over so well with with certain people. So I think they sort of missed the mark there. Maybe it was a timing thing. Maybe it was just a, a you know a, an afterthought. But I, I would put them in my loser bucket. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with that. That was my number one loser for sure. The other one, which I'm not sure if everybody feels the same way about this, but I kind of saw Toyota being a loser. So they did have a commercial that was basically acknowledging a young African-American woman who's trying to make it in the NFL and just got like a, a scholarship to play college football. And I thought like it started really good. And I was like, all right, they'll... You know, they'll subtly tie the brand back into this. and But then it just switches over to a car ad, like for a product. And it's like, you know, we don't compromise like her. So that's why you should buy the new RAV4 because it's small, but it can do greater things than you would think. And it, it just, it, it went, it had like a, a good direction to it, but it just looked so, I guess like. No follow through. Disingenuous story, yeah. and yeah. 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 Like what do we put at the end of this? Yeah. Our logo. Right. <laughs> I have a great idea. <laughs> yeah. The other one was the Mercedes ad really annoyed me, actually. So it was Mercedes talking about the fact that they had in-car, like, audio functionality. So you can be like, play my music, blah, blah, blah. And I, it just rubbed me the wrong way that there was this, like, young white guy owning the city by basically, like, getting his own way the whole time. And I just felt like it was really tone deaf. I was like, it was, in terms of the casting, it just seemed like, a white male barking orders at everything and everything mm. going his way, and it just annoyed me. I was like, of all the casting and, and the way that they showed that message, I just thought that it was, it just felt very insensitive to to anyone else, and it just adhered to a whole load of stereotypes that just annoyed me. So, yeah, that definitely yeah. rubbed me up the wrong way. You know what, actually, the 100-year NFL? Yes, that was a great I commercial. I love that. That was really good. The 14-year-old girl that was in there. It was almost like they just threw in a girl in the mix to like make sure that they covered all their bases oh, really? when... I felt like it wasn't necessary at that point. Like, you know, we have to be aware of that. But at the same time, it's like, now, I mean, it, it did work because I Googled her afterward and I was like, who's this random 14-year-old girl <laughs> in this, you know, ad? But I think it wasn't necessary for what the point they were getting across. So it felt almost, it reversed the message that they were actually Yeah, trying too saying. hard a bit. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, we bounced back a little bit. But another one that I thought was interesting, I don't know if I put it in a winner or a loser, was uh, Kia. Mm -hmm. And they, their ads are almost, they're trying to, like, 
really win in middle America now, and you could tell in their ads. They start to look more like Ford and Dodge ads now. So this one was about like the little kid who was who said something along the lines of, what if people paid attention to the smaller towns that don't have the big stages? And it was just like thematically set up. And I thought I was ready for a Ford commercial, and it was for a new truck that they have called the Telluride. So not only, yes, I remember that one. Not only yeah. is it like kind of pandering towards middle America, but they've even named a car after an American city. So yeah, that's it's interesting. interesting. Yeah. What were some of the highest conversion ads on Reddit? What people were talking about the most? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like I said before, r slash conspiracy was, was very confused with the robots. Um, needless to say, uh, there was a lot of them. Um, well, the robo-child was pretty creepy. Yeah, the robo-child, I had nightmares for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, oh, so horrible. Yeah. <laughs> I just hate that sprint robot. I don't know why. I just, yeah. I, everything that that robot is in, I hate. It's I, That sounds terrible. I shouldn't hate anything. It's no. A, it's a lump it's of metal. Hate. It's yeah, very exactly. place for the it's word. Not very it doesn't have emotions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, were people more afraid of the conversation around like AI is going to take over, like robots are going to take over yeah. the world? Or I thought it was vice versa. I thought there were so many ads making jokes on robots that they're just not there. Like, there's still going to be humans that are needed for that emotional connection. I, th- I think, I mean... It was kind of promising to me. Yes, r slash, that was r slash technology's take. is like, oh, AI, we all love it. It's fun. It's the future. And then r slash conspiracy, they're like, what's the secret message here? So they're sort of thinking about, you know, are these big brands trying to tell us something? Are they trying to make us feel more secure about something? Um, and maybe hide something from us and just prepare us for something. It's it's all interesting, and you take it with a grain of salt. You know, like I said, the the Microsoft ad being that Reddit index is really high with with tech consumers. They loved it, and the the Game of Thrones ad. We have such a massive Game of Thrones audience on the platform that seeing it go from oh no another dilly dilly Bud Light commercial to like holy shit there's a dragon here people loved that so that was definitely the the top three most talked about topics I have to say? mention this yeah, now please. for things that were talked about on Reddit Sweet Victory had to be near the very very yes. top now yes for sure okay yeah, yeah so that was a SpongeBob segue into Travis Scott's performance mm. and there's a subreddit called Bikini Bottom Twitter which is essentially just a collection of SpongeBob memes. It's really out there if you're into that sort of stuff. Sorry, that's awesome. Um, but if I'm not mistaken, Sweet Victory is a song from the SpongeBob band. Yeah. Right? And they were hoping to keep hearing that or have Maroon 5 play that. Yeah. Um, and they just saw that as a huge missed opportunity. So that's just been sort of an ongoing trend. Um, it's actually bled over onto YouTube where they uploaded the halftime show. And it was getting so downvoted or so thumbs downed that they were like, and the comments streaming in were like, where's Sweet Victory? Uh, so you could just really see that hive mind mentality sort of bleeding across other channels. That's definitely a, a, a fun thing to, to call out. Do you want to provide some context for anyone who doesn't understand the SpongeBob, yes. um, I guess, inclusion in this year's Super Bowl? Right. So the Rams and Patriots played each other it was 17, 18 years ago. So there's like what the 10 year challenge that's been really big and Around the Super Bowl, there is this idea of like the 17-year challenge. And a part of that, there are other influences, but a part of it was bringing back SpongeBob, whose creator just passed away yeah. earlier in, um, t- or later in 2018. So in one of the episodes back then, the SpongeBob band is basically getting together and it's Squidward is orchestrating it. It's really nervous. And there's a dome that they're in underwater and it starts to shoot up like this big little dome and it 
ends up being in the middle of a, an old, like, San Francisco 49ers stadium, <laughs> and they play Sweet Victory, and the NFL did a, a really good job at, like, teasing it out, and I think that's where a lot of the frustration came out of because everybody's like, oh, yeah, this is going to happen, this is going to happen. <laughs> and they weren't asking for much. They wanted maybe, like, 30 seconds of it or so. Yeah. So when they saw uh, Squidward and SpongeBob and Patrick kind of enter onto the screens, everybody was really psyched, only to have it kind of... Sicko crashed mode. land, yeah. Crashed <laughs> on by uh, sicko mode and asteroid. So uh, I, yeah, everybody was like really hyped up for it. And this bikini bottom following is like a lot bigger than I think a lot of us yeah, had initially sure. thought. So you look like Adam Levine, and you know football history. This is why you're on the pod. That's it. That's he the only reason. Right? He is the Super Bowl. You have Bowl. all yeah. the knowledge <laughs> and insight. <laughs> you're the physical embodiment of this year's Super Bowl. <laughs> is that a good thing or a bad thing? <laughs> We'll put a picture with this pattern. I wouldn't like to be labeled with it in <laughs> relation to this Super Bowl. So are there any broader implications from this year's Super Bowl for brands throughout the year now? Is there any kind of key takeaways that brands should be thinking about? Personally, from my perspective, I mean, this might be because I work at Reddit, but I think that, you know, users are getting so good at crafting experiences that are for themselves whether it's an algorithm suggesting things you might like or on Reddit where you're self-subscribing to the things you love. Um, and advertising has has and will continue to follow that trend, right? I've been in a room with people watching Hulu or, and you know the commercials come on and it's not relevant to you. And everyone's like, oh, that wasn't relevant at all. Don't they know anything about me? So I think more and more people are expecting you know, the message within advertisement to be for them. So I think in terms of broader implications, you know, leaving this year's Super Bowl, whenever you're trying to appeal to the entire country, but also stand out amongst, you know, some of the biggest brands, sort of a recipe for mediocrity. I think money is better spent when, you know, there are higher intent levels, a more purposeful message, and a distinct audience. So if I was an advertiser, that's sort of where I'd be thinking about in terms of what, what did we learn from this year's Super Bowl? What, the money is trending one way and the response is trending the other way. You know, how should we be thinking about the next year? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just from a personal observation, too, I think it's kind of not just this year and, like, the implications it's had, but it's everything that's built up to, like, over the past couple decades, where brands, when we were younger, when I was 10, 12, and, like, super pumped for advertisements that come on and laugh, it was because I didn't have that second device to go to, so I was inclined to watch them a little bit, a little bit more. Now... I think it's just like human nature. And I noticed it around the room um, of people that I had where people wanted to watch the ads and they were ready for it. But the second the game went off, everybody just went down. And I I don't think it's purposeful. I think they wanted to watch the ads, but you were just used to when you're watching TV the other 300 days a year, Mm. that's what you do. So it's hard to even pull out of it. It's true. Um, Such a habit, yeah. So you saw people miss commercials, and with a 30-second commercial, if you miss five seconds of it, you may have blown it. So it's just an interesting observation that I I kind of picked up on. Yeah. I mean, I think it also shows that for brands to say something meaningful at the Super Bowl, they need to be doing it through the rest of the year because Mm -hmm. I think the thing that's so amazing now about consumers is that they are so well-informed about what people are doing the rest of the year, and I think the Reddit community is a great example of that. Like... They're so knowledgeable about, well, this is actually very disingenuous that they're talking about this or actually, you know, we know that there is a proof point around what they're talking about. So I think it really puts more pressure on brands to be more consistent in the things, the values that they have and the way that they show up. Because if they talk about it in a disingenuous fashion, they're going to be torn apart. Yeah. And then this year's game, 
did it show any strengths or weaknesses with NFL being a marketing partner? I think at first glance, it may seem like that. We're really quick to forget how many good Super Bowls have happened over the past decade. Like a ton of good games that happened. Everybody was really tuned into them last year with Philadelphia and um, New, New England. It was really close. Everybody loved it. And years past, they've all been good. So this is kind of the first one. We're due for kind of a clunker. And we ran into it. But at the end of the day, there were a lot of influences that made it what it was. The two teams didn't play well. You had one team in it that's been in it for 10 years in a row. So you have people less interested because for half of that. Then you also have the other team being in a kind of a brand new location. They don't have too much of a like huge fan base that's really shouting out. LA's huge, but as far as like the traditional fans go, a lot of them are left behind in St. Louis, and you've got some of the older generation that's still remembering them when they were there. But it, it didn't have that kind of like LA support that you would see from another city that was in it. So I, I think there were a lot of reasons that it kind of went poorly, but I don't yeah. think it's an indictment on the Super Bowl as a whole. I'd agree. Pretty much my same thoughts. Like the strengths are clear, right? You're on the biggest stage imaginable for the entire country. It's like I said, it's the one day where people care about ads and you have a, a real chance to make like a lasting impression, right? Talking about actually, you know, walking the walk after the fact. However, on the other edge of that sword, you do have the chance to alienate, you know, a huge group of consumers, right? With just, you know, completely tone deaf ads, however that may be. So, you know, to your point, low-scoring game, another a Tom Brady appearance. You know, maybe there was more scrutiny on the ads. You Adam know. Levine. Yeah, Adam <laughs> Levine. So, yeah, maybe there was more attention, more scrutiny on the ads this year than, than in years past. So, All right. I'm going to sound like Robert here. You made it to the lightning round. Uh, <laughs> in every podcast we have the lightning round, it's never the lightning round, so we're going to try really hard okay. this time. Favorite NFL team? Not in the Super Bowl, but overall. Unfortunately, the Miami Dolphins. Oof. New York Giants, born and raised in New York, so. Okay. Who? <laughs> <laughs> Just make one up. Yeah, I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> Brady or anti-Brady? I hate Brady, but you you just have to respect greatness. So mm. it's Everyone's got the same answer, right? I'm pro-Brady because I love watching sports history be, ma- be made, but I'm anti-Brady because rooting for the underdog is way more fun. You're talking about G- Giselle's husband, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. That's the right answer. Yes. There you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite Super Bowl spot of all time? God. We can go out of order if you got one. Uh, Reebok, Terry Tate, office linebacker. Fair. Easy. Good job. Yeah. that I remember seeing that. I must have been 13 or 14, and I haven't forgot about it since. I watch it on YouTube every couple of months just because it makes me laugh. <laughs> so awesome. it worked. Yeah. I have no I, idea. I guess. Lady Gaga. Lady yeah, Gaga. Lady Gaga, advert. <laughs> Lady Gaga, full Her, stop. Yeah. Yeah. I remember watching the uh, this is the lightning round, right? Let me reminisce real quick. Yeah, um, <laughs> We got another 20 minutes. The, it was the uh, Patriots-Eagles first Super Bowl. Not for, Well, the first time they played in this century. Wait, Patriots in the Super Bowl? What? <laughs> yeah. Wow. And there was a Doritos ad where basically a guy jumped out of a plane with no parachute to go get his Doritos. And being like a 
13-year-old, I thought it was hysterical. So that's <laughs> me. Well, nobody can really compare, in my opinion, to uh, what Ty did last yeah, year. That, they're, so. In terms oh, of yeah. recency, they're my pick, too. Yeah. That's a good shout. And, Joey, we actually threw someone out of a plane with no parachute for stride gums. Stride, so, yes. Yeah. I mean, think well, about you're it. You're welcome, Will. <laughs> if we were to talk about Tide for one second, like I was really hoping to see like which brand was my Tide for this you year. Own it. Didn't see it. If anything, Burger King came close. Just I love really self-aware, not trying too hard. Um, but you think about it, that Tide ad last year, if everybody watching the next commercial thought to themselves, is this a Tide ad? They are automatically cut their cost by 25%. Like It was just brilliant. Mm-hmm. I love that whole thing. So. Yeah, that's a good shout. Sarah, we already know your answer, but yeah. favorite Super Bowl music performance? Oh, Ooh, God. That's I tricky. Mean, let me think of. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's going to be the obvious choice here, Lady Gaga. I'm just like, between the drones, the jumping off of, of the roof, uh, and just all-round general bangers of hits, I'm definitely going to go with Gaga. I, I couldn't disagree more. Because Whoa. I think Bruno Mars absolutely stole Bruno. the show. Okay. He was like, "We're done. We're done. <laughs> right? No, no. I'm. Can we drop this? Oh, you're disagreeing with I'm me. Sorry. Yeah. No. Oh. I mean, I, I like Bruno Mars just as much as the next guy, but I was like, totally underwhelmed by Bruno. I mean, he, I feel like his. I, 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 hey, I know. I, I know. You're I'm reversing a minor- the question right now. You're like, who is the worst music performer? Oh no, I don't yeah. want to go there. I mean, personal favorite. If we're going to continue with the lightning aspect of the lightning round, Prince. Done. That's okay. easy. It was pouring rain. He played Purple Rain. It's like his backup dancers on eight-inch heels. Just like no, nobody <laughs> slipped. I don't know how it happened. It was great. It was amazing. I also think one of my favorite Super Bowl moments, though, is the fact that Beyonce at one stage looked like she was about to fall, and she didn't. That is like some thigh control that I was very impressed with. So I'm also going to do a special shout-out to Beyonce's yes, thighs. Yes, she deserves it. That's yeah. like Beyonce in a nutshell. Yeah. Like, how do you not fall ever? Yeah. It's just cool strength. Love bay. Just cool strength. Yeah. <laughs> Left Shark wasn't Super Bowl, right? Yeah, I think it that was. was. Yeah. That was Katy yeah. Perry. Okay, yeah, I take it back. Yeah, yeah, Left yeah, Shark, yeah. guys, my favorite. Okay, that's a fair answer. Yeah. I'll take Left Shark over Bruno. <laughs> <laughs> well, I cannot thank you guys enough for joining the pod today. Uh, thank you, Andy, especially for Thanks coming for from Reddit. Me. It was real fun. Um, it's been a pleasure. So that's the wrap for the Super Bowl uh, podcast. You can find us or hear us anywhere you can find a pod. So we will be back out to you next week. Thanks.